Hello, I'm Brandon Martini, a commercial pilot and flight instructor. And I'm Carson Vasquez. I'm a private pilot. And you're listening to the Aviation Mentors Podcast, sponsored by Stratus Financial. So buckle up, because the Aviation Mentors are taking off. Welcome back, everybody, to another fantastic episode of the Aviation Mentors Podcast. Today, we're going to dive into a hugely popular aircraft, and that's the lineup of Piper. Um, among Cessna and Beechcraft, Piper is one of the big three aircraft in general aviation. And I would even argue that there's two more. I mean, there's Diamond and there's also Cirrus, um, all of which have been pretty uh, instrumental on uh, in flight training, especially nowadays. Uh, I know that we've done this episode on Cessna single-engine aircraft and Cessna twin-engine aircraft. Uh, I don't think we've done it on any Pipers yet, really, have we? Not really. We haven't talked about them enough, uh, not as much as we should, considering how huge they are. Yeah, I mean, everybody in aviation likes flying the high wing or the low wing or or whatever they prefer, right? You like flying with a stick or you like flying with the control wheel or yoke, as other people call it. Uh, but Piper is really in a fantastic aircraft. Uh, I've flown several Pipers, which some of them I'll talk about today. Um, but uh, yeah, Carson, have you flown any Pipers? I've flown a bunch of Pipers. Uh, we're going to talk about my favorite one today, the Arrow. And uh, you know how I feel about that one. Yeah, I do know how you, how you feel about that arrow. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the first plane that a lot of people think of when they think of a Piper actually isn't the low-wing one that Piper um, is really known for. I think it's that that J3 Cub. Uh, the Cub is a tandem high-wing tail dragger, and it was created just to be a trainer. But you can easily recognize a Cub when you see the one with uh, the yellow paint. That's pretty standard. Uh, it actually came standard with every Cub that was made, and it's pretty much known as the Cub Yellow. And around 20,000 of these were built. The Cub was even used in World War II um, after a military variant was created. And it allowed for everything from reconnaissance, supply transport, and even medical evacuation. Uh, th- these things were awesome airplanes, and they are able to do it all. Yeah, I really love the Cub. The Cub is a fantastic aircraft. Um, it just has that iconic shape and the iconic yellow color. I mean, that is really kind of it, right? They now have planes called a super cub that's actually created by another company. I believe they purchased the rights rights from it, uh, from Piper on it. Uh, but, uh, the super cub is an amazing aircraft. I'm sure some of you watched the uh, video of a super cub landing, uh, on, on a, a helipad in Dubai. Uh, that was a month or two ago or something like that, uh, which was fantastic. So that just shows you how, how capable a cub can be. I mean, that one's a super cub. It, it had some extra flaps and slats and things like that, but it was really an amazing uh, airplane to uh, to be in. I have not flown a cub yet, though. Uh, it's on my bucket list. I want to fly a cub. I want to own a cub. They used to be relatively inexpensive to purchase, but as of nowadays, they're, uh, they've gone up just like every other aircraft. Uh, but uh, I think I will get one at some point. It'll be, uh, it'll be in my hangar one day. You know, the next airplane we're going to talk about is called the Tomahawk. Uh, the Tomahawk is the next trainer that uh, Piper created, although only about 2,500 of them were ever built. Uh, they had a very particular purpose. Uh, they were created to be more spinnable for training purposes. And I'm not sure if that was good marketing or if they created that for a purpose. But uh, uh, but as a two-seater trainer, they were heavily used for for all sorts of different types of training. The Australian Air Force still uses them in their flight training for spins, actually. Uh, they were only produced from uh, 1978 to 1982, but they're still around 500 uh, in use, uh, mainly by flight schools and a few private owners. Um, I've actually owned a Tomahawk uh, in the past, and they are unaffectionately known as the Tromahawk. 
Um, although a lot of people did use them for spins. Uh, yeah. People, the trauma did, hawk? people call them the trauma hawk because, oh, because they will get into spins quite easily. Um, they are not, they're not as forgiving as say a Cessna 152 or a, or a Cessna 172 or, or any of those types, or even the Cherokee, which we're going to talk about next. They just, they're not as forgiving of an aircraft. You really have to fly it and you got to fly it right. Uh, so they make better pilots actually. So I really enjoyed it. Uh, also the Tomahawk, it, you can be six foot five and fit in a Tomahawk. Uh, it has a really tall cabin. Uh, so I know we had Johnny on this. He flies 747s now for Cleta air. Uh, we had Johnny on, I don't know, 30, 40 episodes ago or something. And, uh, Johnny started talking about the, uh, first plane that he ever purchased and the plane that he got his private pilot certificate in. And that was a Tomahawk. Um, I sold it to him. So that's how I know for sure. <laughs> um, and then, uh, and then I resold, I bought it back from him actually. And then I got to do one more flight in it. And, uh, now it actually lives in the Philippines, believe it or not. I flew it all the way up to Northern California and, uh, they disassembled the airplane and they put it in a container and they shipped it to the Philippines. So now it's a trainer in the Philippines. Uh, and, uh, I'm actually going to be going to the Philippines one day soon, uh, to go, uh, to go visit some staff. And I'm excited to, uh, Maybe I'll go find that airplane. Maybe I can go fly it again. I think that'd be really neat. That'd be fun if we can go find that airplane. It would. The, the Tomahawk looks uh, looks kind of weird. It has like a like a bubble kind of a cabin. Um, it, it looks like a like a one seventy two, or, or I guess a Cherokee more more affectionately uh, a Cherokee and uh, like an ag crop duster had a baby with a T-tail yeah. with a T-tail. It's, it's a weird looking airplane, but and a, and a lot of people don't like the airplane because of the T-tail. Um, a lot of misnomers happen saying the, the tail is not as effective. It's only not effective if you're flying it really, really poorly. If you're really tail low on landing, that's not going to be a, uh, a good recipe uh, for a landing uh, being that nose high on a, on a T-tail airplane. Um, also people don't like the T-tail aspect of it because you don't have airflow uh, from the propeller hitting the the elevator all the time. Uh, you have to be at a different angle of attack for that to happen, and typically that's during landing. Uh, but you lose some of that airflow when you pull back power. So you just have to fly it at the right airspeed. As long as there's airflow going over that elevator or, or any of the airfoils on your airplane, it's going to continue flying. And until it doesn't have enough airflow or airspeed or it's just not forgiving. Then it's, it's, yeah, it's not, it's not as forgiving. I mean, that's what it breaks down to at all. It's not forgiving. Um, so when you do fly one, just make sure you get checked out in one and, and, uh, and enjoy it. I mean, it's a great airplane to fly. I love it. And speaking of great airplanes to fly, we're going to dive into probably the, the biggest family of airplanes that I've ever researched, known, or looked at any of them. And that's the Piper PA 28 Cherokee. Uh, it's it's really the Cessna 172's competition for the most popular trainer aircraft. But the real difference is that the Piper Cherokee has so many variations. And I, I really think it's just it's better to think of the Piper Cherokee as the Cessna 100 series because it encompasses an entire family of aircraft. And Piper has created over 33,000 Cherokees since 1961, and they're still going. So let's get some of the, the really good look at some of the popular versions of the Cherokee. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, first off, it the original Piper Cherokee, the PA twenty eight, and and when Carson says Cherokees means PA twenty eight, those are the, that is the series. That's like the Cessna one hundred series, and then there are sub variations of that. So you'll have a a one fifty, a one sixty, a one sixty one, a one eighty, a one eighty one, and we'll get through a few of those right now. But um, there's quite a few. Um, but the model number almost always refers to the engine horsepower. Uh, not always. 
so obviously I was checking out our, our script right now to, to talk about that. And uh, actually on certain models, it, it varies drastically. Um, and it's not accurate at all, but in general it does. So the 150 and the 160 were the first two that were produced in 1961. Those do, um, those do correlate with the horsepower that uh, that is in them, uh, but when it goes to like the 161 uh, or the 181 or the 201, uh, those and and even the 200, those do no longer do not any longer correlate with the horsepower. So you still need to check your POH to check the horsepower. I know a lot of people think that the, uh, the Cherokee 201 actually has 201 horsepower, so it's high performance. Um, and it's not. So there's a lot of arrows out there or Cherokees or different models of airplanes that the number sounds like it correlates with a high performance airplane. So you think you can go your high performance endorsement or get high performance time in those planes. And it just, it's not correct. Um, but these planes came in two and four seat configurations. And nowadays they even come in a three seat configuration, actually very commonly uh, in a three seat configuration. Uh, and they had uh, Piper's classic uh, low wing look. Uh, they expanded the line with the Cherokee 180, uh, which has since dominated the line in popularity. Uh, but I would argue that it's probably not uh, the best one uh, to, to, to fly. It burns a lot of Burns a lot of fuel. I'd rather fly a Cherokee 140 if I want to save on some fuel and put it in a flight school, right? Unless I'm in maybe like a high-density altitude environment or something, you might want the extra horsepower. It always depends on your mission, right? It, everything depends on your mission, and there's <laughs> different missions for everybody and every airplane. That's why I tell everyone you need multiple airplanes. You can't just buy one. You got to have the jet. You got to have the. Uh, you got to have the aerobatic plane. You got to have the seaplane. You got to have. There's there's a whole bunch of missions that you want to be able to fly, right? I mean, and you're gonna own those all at once. Of course I am. Yeah, just a massive fleet, right? Yeah, unfortunately, I don't. I don't own all of those <laughs> right now. Uh, I don't have the jet. I just have the Icon and the 120, and uh, I actually have a couple others too. But uh, <laughs> they come and go, and some of them are even in pieces, actually. So that's right. Yeah, they are. One day I'll fly that 414. By the way. Oh man, that's gonna be amazing. At least it's not in pieces anymore. It's not. No, no. it got back to life. It's semi back to life. <laughs> but back to Pipers. We're not talking about the Cessna. Yeah, but back to Pipers. <laughs> we we're going to talk about Cessnas. So Piper, um, it, they really continued with the the Cherokee 235. And I, I think Jody has that plane, right? He does. I actually was just with him uh, last weekend at the Catalina Wine Mixer. How was it? Uh, Catalina Wine Mixer was awesome, by the way. Um, as usual, it's my fifth fifth calendar year in a row. They skipped for COVID, so I didn't get to go, get to go that time. But for all of you think that it's just in the movie uh, Step Brothers, it is in the movie Step Brothers, but the actual Catalina wine mixer was pretty awesome. Um, got to hang out with uh, a couple bands and got to hang out with a lot of really cool people. And um, it was nice to finally relax and like do a vacation, like a miniature vacation for once. I'm always on work vacations. Uh, so it was nice to get out and, and just and relax and be a part of uh, some music and fun and stuff like that. But if anybody ever wants to go to the Catalina wine mixer, I highly Highly, highly suggest it. It's actually the last weekend of May, first weekend of June next year. So you have 365 days to uh, uh, to figure out your accommodations and fly from wherever you live. We met people from Texas, met people from Denver. They fly to the Catalina Wine Mixer. I mean, it's that cool. Wow. Did yeah. you fly this year? No, I didn't fly an airplane into Catalina Island this year. Um, as soon as they moved it from September to June, you get a lot more overcast mornings and even goes into the afternoon. So it makes it almost unflyable because the airport's on the top of a cliff and it's right in the clouds. So it's always at like a hundred or 200 feet with no visibility uh, this time of year. So you can never get in there in the morning. And sometimes you might not even be able to get in or out. 
so we just took the the ferry over there, which was still fun in its own way. It's just a different uh, different way of transportation. But um, that's how I actually got uh, Anthony Jirasi, one of the co-founders of Stratus. Uh, I got him uh, hooked on aviation and flying by flying him to the Catalina Wine Mixer in a Piper Cherokee. Cherokee six actually, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a few minutes. We absolutely will. Uh, but that, that Cherokee two thirty five. Uh, have you, have you flown that one before? I have, I've flown Jody's a whole bunch. Um, I like that plane a lot. Uh, his has a stole kit on it, so it flies a little slower, uh, but it handles really, really well. I mean, we, we took it up and tried to stall it the other day and I was like, wow, this thing will not stall. It just would not break, um, on a power on stall. Uh, eventually I got it to stall, but, uh, but it took a lot of effort to get that thing to stall. Uh, I think it was mostly because of flap gap seals and, um, and, and the stall kit obviously, but let's go fly it together. Uh, Jody's, uh, offered to fly with me and, uh, I want to fly it. You don't, have your, you don't have your high performance endorsement yet, right? I do. Oh, you do yeah, have your high performance. I got that in Cherokee six. Oh yeah. I gave that to you. I think. Yeah, you did. Oh, I give a lot of endorsements, so it doesn't <laughs> surprise me that I forgot that one. <laughs> But uh, the, the 235 is, is a pretty big boost in performance, and it came with a longer wing than the previous models had. And it was the big competition to the Cessna 182 uh, as far as the useful load and the fuel range. And the 235 had received a couple upgrades over the years from 1963 to 1979. And each model uh, had something a little different and got a new name with it. So a model with tip tanks was called the Charger, and then the stretched fuselage and larger stabilator was called the Pathfinder. And then it was given that classic Piper taper wing look, and it was called the Dakota. So Piper uh, really likes to, kind of like Apple, just kind of give a little upgrade and a new name. Absolutely. I mean, the taper wing versus the Hershey bar wing is not a, a minor upgrade, I'll tell you that for sure. That is a huge one. I've flown both, and yeah. uh, one sinks like a rock, and one flies like an airplane. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a really funny, it's, I think it's kind of a misnomer, but it's pretty funny. Uh, people who don't fly them, they say, um, what, uh, what glides better, a brick or a Cherokee? <laughs> and, uh, and a lot of people say the brick glides better. Um, I disagree. I love doing power off one eighties. Uh, when I did my commercial, I did a uh, power off one eighty um, in my, in, uh, in my arrow, uh, which we're going to talk about next. Piper went back to a 180 horsepower model with Carson's favorite airplane. Um, one that I just, uh, alluded to, uh, the PA 28 R 180 Cherokee arrow. Um, which is awesome. I've owned a 1967 Cherokee Arrow for a long time. Um, it has a glass cockpit. It's really beautiful. Uh, it's got new paint. Uh, well, newer paint now. I guess it's been several years. But, um, well, Carson can surely tell you all about it. <laughs> um, I've owned one for a long time, so uh, he's letting me talk about it. Uh, but when Piper Arrow was introduced, uh, it had a constant speed propeller, retractable landing gear, and 180 horsepower engine. Um, Piper loves to redesign their airplanes and slap a new name on it, just like Carson talked about a second ago. But for the Arrow, they created the Arrow 2 with a longer fuselage, an Arrow 3 with a semi-tapered wing, and much larger fuel tanks, and then an Arrow 3 turbo with a three-bladed prop, um, and the Arrow 4 with a T-tail. Um, I've actually owned several of these version of Arrows. I've owned um, I've owned the T-tail Arrow. I've owned uh, the regular Arrow. Um, both of them fly great. Uh, I've already talked about kind of the T-tail misnomers. I fly a T-tail all the time with that Duchess, by the way, um, Beechcraft product. Uh, I don't mind the T-tail. I think that everybody who complains about T-tails don't fly them or don't fly them enough. Uh, so go go try and fly the T-tail, by the way. It's, it's really a, a fantastic airplane to fly. 
There's even there's even jets that fly with T-tails. There's all sorts of airplanes that fly with T-tails. I don't know why people don't like them that much. Did you sell Johnny the, the T-tail one? Is that the one I'm thinking of? Yeah, I did sell Johnny a T-tail yeah. arrow. Yeah, I had that arrow for a little while. Sold it to Johnny. So I, I guess I just sold Johnny a whole bunch of airplanes. I've been around for a while. You have been around <laughs> a long time, apparently. Yeah, yeah. I sh- we should get rid of him. Hi, huh, everybody. What do you think? No, let's keep me. I, I enjoy this. All right, fine. We'll enjoy keep, the fame. We'll keep Carson in because <laughs> he's so famous now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I love all of these arrows. They're all fantastic airplanes. The only problem with all of them, they're slow for me. Um, they are, they're fast for a student and they're a great stepping stone to get into faster aircraft. Uh, so I highly recommend whenever somebody's going to go buy an airplane, go, I always tell everybody, go buy your second airplane first. You're not going to want to fly a 172 very long after you get your, uh, get your pilot certificate. But most people want to go buy a 172. It's because what they know and what they trained on. But you're going to get tired of going 105, 110 knots, and you're going to want to go faster. And 120, 130, 140 knots in an arrow, uh, depending on the model, um, is a lot better. And you'll learn it really, really quickly. It's not going to take a long time to get there. So uh, I really love the arrow for that for that aspect. It's a great second or first airplane um, that is really the second one that you should technically be buying. I mean, I learned on a on a 172, and now I fly the arrow whenever I can, and that's it is a second airplane and third airplane. Uh, something I want to look at is like a Lance. That's uh, it's kind of just where I like to go with that one. I love Lances. I hope you put that in this today because I love talking about Lances. I did. I think I let you talk about it too. Even so. better. <laughs> and there are some planes uh, that, that you might think that we haven't talked about, but that's just because Piper really can't get enough of their renaming. Because 1973, they renamed the Cherokee 180 to the Piper Challenger, and then to the Piper Archer that so many flight schools know and love. So if you're listening, I'm sure you've flown a Piper Archer at some point. Um, it was actually a Piper Challenger and a Cherokee 180. So you've flown all three. And it was called a Challenger? Yeah. Yeah. It was a, about a year period they called it a Challenger. I didn't know that at all, actually. Yeah. I was going through a whole list. And I was like, wow, they have so many planes. And I started looking at them. I was like, this is the same plane. And they found out that their marketing team has just got bored. I mean, <laughs> why not? Yeah, why not? Uh, then the Cherokee 150 was renamed the Cherokee Warrior, and it got a stretched body and a semi-tapered wing. And the Cherokee 140 was uh, was also named the Cruiser 2 Plus 2. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a weird one. And then the Cruiser, they dropped the 2 Plus 2, but it kind of fell out of popularity for uh, the most part because the other models just had higher power engines. And like Brand said, it was pretty underpowered unless you're trying to save some good fuel. Yeah, abs- absolutely. Well, see, I learned something too every day. Um, Piper made a lot of trainers, uh, which almost everybody's familiar with, but uh, Piper has also made a lot of high-performance aircraft that, that are really popular for personal ownership, business, travel, all the things, right? Um, this, this plane uh, led to Piper's charge into the high-performance market with one of my favorite aircraft in the world, and this is a shout-out to that PA-32 Facebook group um, that I am so happy to be a part of, is the PA-32, the Cherokee 6. Um, it had a lengthened fuselage. It had seating for a pilot and five passengers. Um, today, it's one of the few airplanes you can affordably buy and carry six people. And the Cherokee 6, when they you talked about Piper's marketing, um, when it first came out, I actually have a, an, a picture of the ad at, at my other office, and it actually has uh, them putting a baby grand piano and flying a baby grand piano in it. That was a marketing aspect um, that it, it could hold so much weight, you could put a baby grand piano in it and fly it. I mean, that says a lot when you can put a put a baby grand piano in an airplane and, and take off, especially just a, 
a six passenger, relatively easy aircraft to fly. Uh, so I've, I've actually loved Cherokee sixes. Uh, I've owned several, I've bought and sold several. Um, I've, and that also is the Lance. There's, there's other versions like the Lance, the T-tail Lance. Um, I've flown those all over the country. I've had a lot of people purchase them, friends and, and people that weren't friends originally and now who are friends. And I've trained a lot of people in insurance checkouts. And um, one of my favorite ones, I flew a Lance from uh, from Southern California to Lake Norman, uh, I believe North Carolina, and uh, got to uh, got to meet a uh, fellow aviator who's now getting, gotten into seaplanes recently, and that's his name's Jack. And uh, I, we don't talk that often uh, besides on Facebook, but it's always awesome to see his new aviation adventures. But uh, flying that airplane all the way over to uh, North Carolina uh, was was fantastic. Got to see some friends along the way and flying some actual weather. And I did some really fun things. I mean, Cherokee sixes, they can really haul a family around. I've taken a Cherokee six to uh, Oshkosh twice, actually. Um, I love Cherokee sixes. I mean, you should see how packed I made that airplane. I mean, I could barely see Austin in the back. I was like, what are you doing back there, Austin? <laughs> so, is that when you're weighing out everything? I weigh out everything big time when I'm going to Oshkosh in an airplane because if if you screw up, I mean, your weights, your balance will be way off. In a Cherokee 6, you can almost put anything you want in it. Um, but I have Including a baby grand piano. Including a baby grand <laughs> piano. Um, but I have gotten it to Max Gross on a trip to Oshkosh, so I meticulously weigh everything um, when I'm going on those trips. I mean, you're going to put that much stuff in an airplane, you better know how much it weighs and where it's at and where your CG is going to be at, all those all those things. And if you're still going to be in CG when you burn fuel, that's something a lot of people don't calculate for. Um, and in our smaller airplanes, it doesn't matter that much. But in the bigger ones, it, it really does. As soon as you get to like a Cessna 340 or higher, um, it's going to have those, those issues. Um, I also get to borrow my friend Darius's airplane and shout out to Darius. He's one of the first people I knew that owned a Cherokee six. Um, he owns a Cherokee six 300 with club seating. Uh, he used to be based at uh, Corona uh, airport. Now he's out in Henderson and, uh, and I believe, I don't know if he's out here right now, but he was out here last week and I saw the, the airplane at Kavu when I went by there. Um, so, uh, but he's got a fantastic, beautiful airplane. He's done a ton of work to it. It's had a new engine. It's, um, it's had a beautiful paint job with this, um, white and blue and, and some gold stripes on it. So if you ever see it, uh, it's a, it's a beautiful airplane. You'll see it at Henderson airport every once in a while. That's pretty. Um, I, I flew that Cherokee six when you gave me that, um, that endorsement, even though you don't remember it. And it, I just thought it was a, it was a big change from the, the arrow it flew differently. You had to handle things differently in high performance airplane. Um, like you had to step down the power when you're, you can't just pull the power all the way out. Uh, but Piper continued the, the popular Cherokee six and they turned it into a PA 32 R. And that was the Piper Lance that Brandon was talking about. Uh, it's a retractable version of the Cherokee six. And the Lance then became a Saratoga, which uh, replaced the Hershey bar wing that the Lance had, and then had an upgrade uh, avionics, upgrade engine, better interiors. And the Saratoga was really the high-performance competition to the Bonanza, the Cirrus SR-22, and the Cessna 210. Uh, it was also a segue into the business lineup that Piper created right after. Absolutely. I mean, all of those PA-32s and PA-32Rs are very capable, amazing airplanes. Um, believe it or not, the PA-32-260 has the uh, best useful load, typically, um, out of all of their lineup of aircraft. It's got the smallest engine, but it's got the uh, best useful load. And that's because it's got a lot, the engine 
weighs more on the bigger, bigger airplanes. Um, and they typically came with other things like air conditioning and, and the, the comfortable amenities that we enjoy in our, um, step up business one. aircraft. Fly an airplane with uh, air conditioning. That'd be nice. It is nice. It is nice. Mm-hmm. You got to go with, uh, got to go with me when we go fly Anthony's airplane sometime. I'm stealing his airplane this weekend, by the way. Okay. I'm free. Yeah. I've got to, I'm taking Tamaris all the way out to, uh, to Phoenix this weekend so she can go do a baby shower. So I don't know if you're around this weekend, but if you want to go fly. Yeah. Let's go and come back. We can leave her there. <laughs> oh, I wanted to leave her there. I wanted to go golfing all day while she went to the baby shower, but somehow I'm suckered into going to the baby shower. Um, but at least I got a fast airplane to go there. I was lucky <laughs> enough to, to be able to borrow my friend's fast airplane. <laughs> How long is that trip going to take? Oh, like 45 to 50 minutes. It's going to be really fast <laughs> from John Wayne to, we can to go, Phoenix. We can go drop her off and come back for dinner. Could do that, but I don't think I'm getting out of going to this baby shower. It's, sorry, dude. Yeah, I'm Have sorry fun. too. Good luck. Yeah. Well, you're not going to get a fly with me then. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, the Back la- to the business class. Yeah, absolutely. So the, uh, the, the last uh, airplane and models we're going to be talking about today is Piper's intro to the business class, which was uh, introduced with the PA-46 line called the M-Class. Uh, the family consists of the Matrix, the Malibu, Mirage, and the Meridian. These are some really gorgeous-looking planes. They have very high-powered uh, piston engines. Uh, some, some are even turboprops, actually. Uh, the Malibu has set several speed records for going across the country at speeds of up to 430 mile, 39 miles an hour, um, which is crazy for a single-engine 310-horsepower uh, plane in the late 80s. It was absolutely nuts. Uh, the Malibu has a max cruising range of about 1,500 nautical miles, and when it was upgraded to the Mirage, uh, the only real change was the avionics and the windshield. The Mirage upgraded to the Meridian, which was the turboprop version, and had better avionics, larger wing, tail services, and obviously, if you're going to do all that, you're going to have higher max takeoff weight. Um, personally, I have only flown the Malibu and the Matrix. Um, I have never, I just haven't met that many people that have had those other versions of the airplane. So I haven't got the opportunity and I've actually never flown a turboprop. I've flown a jet um, and I've flown several other very high powered motors, but I've never flown a turboprop. I need to, I need to do that. Uh, but they're, they're fantastic airplanes. I think that the cockpits inside them are very tiny. Um, even with me losing, I don't know, I think I'm at 55 or almost 60 pounds now uh, lost. It's still tight to get in there. <laughs> I think it's tight for anybody to, uh, to get into those airplanes. But once you're in, they, they're very comfortable. And if somebody's sitting in the back seat, uh, they're going to be extremely comfortable as well. Uh, I mean, if you take three dogs and four people or something. It might be a bit, bit tight, but, um, they are a nice airplane. They're, they're typically pressurized, not typically they are pressurized, um, and, uh, they're comfortable to fly in and they go fast. Um, I still prefer my two engines usually, um, to that plane just because I want the extra liability, but we will talk about two engines on another episode. Yeah. Uh, you know, if there's two things I learned while, while getting ready for this episode, one Piper loves to upgrade their existing airplanes and two Piper loves to rename those airplanes. So thanks for listening today. Um, I hope you got a, a pretty good idea of the history of Piper's single engine aircraft. And now you have a whole bunch of airplanes that you should probably go and try and check some off your bucket list. And also just like uh, Brandon learned today, if you've seen Piper's list of airplanes that they've created, now you know if you've flown one, you could say uh, sound a little bit more impressive by saying you've also flown all the ones that was previously named. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you can can use that as your your. Yeah, I've flown dozens of airplanes. Yeah, <laughs> Look, I can name them all. I can name them all. <laughs>
<laughs> now that is pretty funny. Um, and I, I learned something on today's episode too, which is fantastic. And I'm always trying to learn something every day and I'm hoping we're, we're giving uh, all of our listeners something to learn every day as well. Um, my goal is always to just be a little better than I was the day before, uh, in regards to knowledge or as a person or in general. Uh, so today, thank you, Carson, for helping me uh, learn something new. That was fantastic. Uh, but as always, if you'd like to reach out to either one of us, you can reach us at Twitter or Instagram at Mr. Martini Guy for me, or for Carson, it's at Carson underscore AV17. And as we prefer, reach out to us via email, Brandon at AviationMentors.com or Carson at AviationMentors.com. And as a wrap up for the day, remember, we're here to guide you in your aviation journey. So fly safe and enjoy the ride. See ya.